0: On this episode of Hit the Deck. They call it a
1: developing sport, but the kids are all right in Newfoundland. If they're just treating ball hockey as a developing sport, quote unquote, in, in Labrador and in Newfoundland, 14 players being represented for the various teams of the National Junior Ball Hockey Championship, that's pretty darn impressive. And referees are called a lot of things, but legend is rarely one of them to be refereeing ball hockey for 35 years and counting because he's really flown all around the world uh, refereeing huge ball hockey tournaments.
0: Plus, Hit the Deck is playing matchmaker between two icons that go together like vanilla ice cream and a chocolate shell. Yeah, James, you had yourself a week, didn't you? The funny thing too, and this is all true, that's the beauty of it. When most people say, I'm gonna, you know, I finished off a six pack
1: this weekend. Yep. (laughs) That's not what they mean. They better make those in production and then I'll gladly eat 53 of those. All this and more coming up
0: on this episode of Hit the Deck. Game on! Welcome to episode 152 of the Hit the Neck Podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey, in sneakers, and we're back. We took last week off, but we're back. Yeah, you don't get off that easily. We always come back. We're like the cockroach. You think we're gone, and we come crawling back at you. And who's We? Who? Oh, don't you think I forgot all about tonight's starting lineup? I'll jump right into that so you know who we is. Brother. Man. Guy. Unless you're a lady person. In which case, Sister Dudette chickadee i i'm just gonna i'm just gonna get it i'm just any <clears throat> for tonight's starting lineup in goal as ever i am number 35 your american rhino gary mccomiski and of course my patient
1: co-host on defense number four i'm james Ajay-Z. hey buddy <laughs> how you doing sir i'm okay how are you doing i'm doing pretty well uh, yeah we had a jam-packed couple of weeks and yeah. i'm pretty pretty yeah. happy with the. i would results. say so yeah man
0: i am also happy with the results I'm, I'm very happy i'm very happy to have shared our our premiere of tape deck with the fans of hit the deck who jumped in to watch it with us and if you missed it if you weren't able to join us for the premiere of tape deck good news it's still there you won't be able to do the live chat with us but you will be able to watch it without distraction And without comment and, uh, you know, without, without any kind of compunction to feel compelled to contribute. You can just sit back and passively enjoy the, the, the grandeur, the splendor, the spectacle that is Tape Deck. James, just, just in case they missed the last couple of episodes... And the announcements on YouTube, and the tweets, and the Instagram posts, and the Facebook stuff. What is Tape Deck again?
1: (laughs) It's um, all it is, is uh, yeah, Gary and I sit there and we go over the highlights of some deck hockey tournament. And uh, I think I'm not speaking for the American Rhino, of course, you may do so in a moment, but um, we were inspired by the RSHL and the wonderful job that they do. And of course, Mr. Kevin Frost and Daniel Wilson and we tried to thank them as many times as possible, and again, we will thank them this evening, or at least the recording of this podcast, but uh, they do such a slick job of covering their events, and their events are always a lot of fun and action-packed, and the play is great, and the players involved are great, and the referees and all that stuff, so it just made sense to kick that off with the tape deck, and it made it so much easier and a lot more fun to go over the highlights, because there were plenty of highlights, and um I'll just get this compliment in and and just out of my system because the American Rhino asked me to, you know, stay back on the compliments and all that stuff. And and thank you to everybody who contributed and were there for the uh, live chat and stuff, too. So we appreciate that. But really, the American Rhino did such a fantastic job of the hours of editing that went into it and then recording it and putting our parts in and making it look so cool and slick and enjoyable. And I'm just as excited to watch it as the viewer is. And, uh, the added bonuses that you put in, like, don't be that guy. And, and, uh, for Mr. McMahon with, with the excellent, uh, little graphic that you put in for the, the great job that he did in goal and so on and so forth. So I really enjoyed Danny, watching. not Vince. Yeah, right. Right. Danny McMahon, not uh, Vincent K. But anyway, um, I hope that, uh, you guys enjoyed it as much as I did watching it
0: team effort, James. All right. Yeah. So, so if you miss tape deck, go back and check out tape deck. It's on our YouTube channel, Hit the Deck podcast. It's on all of our social media. It, it, we've pretty much saturated everything with tape deck. So, it, it really if you haven't watched it and you can't find it, that that's that's a choice at this point by you, which is your choice to make. But you know, don't say we didn't put it out there for you. And just one more reminder: if you in fact would like to see one of your deck hockey games featured on a future episode of tape deck as long as you can provide a decently filmed copy of the game then you know just 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 give us the suggestion and we'd be happy to consider your game for a future episode of tape deck we'd be happy to 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 weigh the possibility of giving your game the Tape Deck Treatment. So just email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com. Deck is, of course, spelled D-E-K. And uh, you can also tweet at us at HitTheDeckPod or comment below the video on the first episode of Tape Deck. Or, uh, you know, there's there's plenty of ways to get at us. So you can do that. But, you know, that's not the only thing that's been going on. I mean, it, it <laughs> for a while it felt like the only thing that existed in the world for me. <laughs> but uh, in fact, that is not true. In fact, not only have we seen the the rise and prosperity of the NHL preseason, we've also seen its sunset because the NHL season is upon
1: us, James. Yeah, it's unbelievable uh, how quick the offseason is for hockey. And it's still too long for us hockey fans that we just need to see it. And I don't know if you saw that too. Speaking of Twitter and Instagram and all that cool stuff and Facebook, that the St. Louis Blues surprised that super fan, wonderful young lady Layla Anderson. Um, if you're familiar with the St. Louis Blues, what an inspiration she was. And I think she was the key to them winning that Stanley Cup, by the way. But the young lady, the Blues have treated her with utmost respect, and and as a fellow player, actually, to the point that they gave her her own Stanley Cup championship ring yeah that was a great story
0: i felt you know i mean i was happy that they did it and i was really happy for her because you could tell that she was like just beside herself with how overcome with emotion she was at at that whole thing
1: absolutely and uh this being october of course um you know with the breast cancer awareness month and so on and so forth uh you know uh we love the ladies out there so uh including our mommies and some of us have been directly affected by that so uh you know um it's important to uh check it out and be on top of it and um you know be healthy out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh good good words, James. That's uh that's important for everybody to remember. And uh you know it's it, it's a good thing to keep in your mind when you're watching hockey the return of nhl hockey now this is obviously a ball hockey podcast but as you have seen or heard mostly heard really <laughs> in uh in previous episodes we do like to dabble in the uh the 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 professional ice variant of the sport of hockey so uh you know Hopefully, your favorite team's game is 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 right on the docket, about to start opening night. If if your game hasn't already faced off, and uh, you know, good luck to your team. And it's it's October. Everybody has a chance at the Cup in October. So you know, good luck to your team.
1: Yes, exactly. Hope springs eternal, and that's the part that makes it fun. You have to. Hey, if the St. Louis Blues weren't an example as to going from worst. To Stanley Cup champions for the first time in that franchise's history, too. Then uh, you're not paying attention. That is a lesson to learn. And exactly, you never know. You your team can go from worst to Stanley Cup champions within a year, and that's why you got to play the games and root them on and have fun and enjoy. Yep, 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 yep. Anything else going on this week, James? I know a crazy redhead big animal has been causing some problems, but uh, maybe that'll be a segment for later on in the podcast, but uh, maybe it will. (laughs) Although
0: speaking of redheads, (laughs) Lou. Yep. Oh boy. (laughs) Lou, Lou posted a little something on our Facebook page today. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was extolling the virtue of redheads. And, um, there were, there were some, you know, I guess, conventionally attractive redheaded women (laughs) that were were kind of posted up there. And then the last image was uh, of a uh, let's call it unconventional redhead (laughs) that uh, we've discussed on the podcast from time to time. So, Lou, uh, thank you for my nightmares. (laughs) Yeah, Same here. But uh, more more on him later for now. James, you know, it has been a couple of weeks since we've talked hockey, so I would say we are more than overdue. So I'm going to put this on you, sir. If you wouldn't mind, do you think that you could see it within yourself to tell us what is on deck for this podcast? Yes, but I'm going
1: to need an assist, please. Yeah, all right. Cool. I'll allow it. Okay, thank you. Labrador Succeeders! We finally squeezed this story into the podcast. In the deck Hockey heaven that is Newfoundland and Labrador, 14 players from the area represented multiple teams at the National Junior Ball Hockey Championships in late July. What's in the water there? 35 is a great number, American Rhino. Darsh Grewal is a ball hockey referee from British Columbia that has earned his spot in the Canadian Ball Hockey Hall of Fame for his incredible 35 year career. And decking around. What would you do for a Klondike bar? We're all about deck hockey here on Hit the Deck. However, we do let our other loves and interests shine through sometime. Gary and I are lifelong die-hard New York Mets fans. And while thoroughly enjoying the incredible record setting season that the great Pete Alonzo had, his nickname rekindled our love of Klondike bar. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. Thank you, American Rhino. Yep. Uh, yeah. You know what? I
0: can do better. I can do better than that. And as we discussed off air, James, that was really kind of a cop out because those Klondike bars are actually bookended. So the intro to that is, what would you do for a Klondike bar? And then they do the commercial and they ask people what they do for a Klondike bar, etc., etc. And then they close it out with, What would you do for a Klondike bar? I I couldn't get quite high enough to to match the level of the commercial, but I hope my enthusiasm carried through there.
1: Absolutely. And I learned something new here because I never realized that. I've been eating Klondike seriously my whole life. They're one of my all-time favorite uh, ice cream sandwiches and whatever, but uh, snacks or treats, whatever you want to call them. I love them. But uh, I and and yes, that iconic commercial, I never realized that they had a separate intro and outro. I've always just Mm -hmm. heard the uh, the outro in my head all these years. So thank you for teaching me. Yeah, sure. I I
0: watched far too much television as a youth. So, you know, I have that stuff ingrained in me.
1: Well, that's even worse because I've probably watched more and I still didn't know that. And Klondike's are one of my favorites. Yeah, well, that's okay. You know, sometimes sometimes when you're so laser
0: focused on something, you can tune out everything else. And it's like, oh, the Klondike. Yes, Klondike. I want a Klondike. You probably like you probably didn't even register in your brain because you were so focused on wanting a Klondike bar when you saw those commercials.
1: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, yes, I, I do love them so much that I don't even give them a chance to melt. I scoff them down so quickly.
0: All right. So if anyone uh, in Klondike is looking to sponsor a ball hockey podcast, I I can think of somebody who would be willing to accept such a sponsorship. Yes. And, you know, uh, somebody may have an in in that department, but I guess we'll address that a little later in the show as well. Yeah. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Oh, we are we are just throwing out teasers left and right. Is is that how the professionals do it, James?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you're teaching me uh, media and 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 marketing tricks and styles all night long. So, yeah, sure, why not? I mean, that is what this podcast is all about, right? Yes. Well, deck hockey, uh, right? <laughs> oh, yeah that 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 that's right. <laughs> and speaking of which, we've talked about up north, our friends in Canada and stuff like that. And uh, at the recording of this podcast, it is the premiere. or opening night of the 2019-2020 NHL season. I can't believe that year 2020. Anyhow, so yeah, so that's like a national holiday up there. But for our friends in Labrador, in uh, Newfoundland and and Labrador, they considered ball hockey a still-developing sport, quote-unquote, and the article that we're quoting here is written by Mike Power. But we have talked about how popular deck hockey, specifically deck hockey, is in that area of Labrador. We have, but
0: just to make a counterpoint, James, if you recall when we spoke to Kelly Kay a few weeks ago, he made a point to mention that the sport of hockey generally is is somewhat on the wane in Canada, and the sport of ball hockey in particular still has a long way to go to be the kind of ubiquitous thing that i think we all kind of assumed it was so so you know that's the other side of that coin but please
1: continue yeah thank you that's very true and speaking of learning something that was a very insightful interview and if you missed that a couple of podcasts ago please go check it out kelly k episode 150 thank you sir yes uh, kelly k is a fascinating man and uh that was truly an incredible statistic but at least now for uh championships and um and international competitions and so on and so forth they are pretty darn good if if they're just treating ball hockey as a developing sport quote unquote in in labrador and newfoundland 14 players being represented for the various teams of the national junior ball hockey championship that's pretty darn impressive so i just it's kind of hard to navigate Online, because there are a lot of uh, tournaments out there in terms of ball hockey and so on and so forth, but if you're specifically find what you're looking for then you'll you'll, you'll be okay but uh, you're really speaking of laser focus but uh, on online navigating through all the stuff and whatnot, I was able to go find the uh, rosters for the uh, junior championships, and the divisions are broken up in four different. I'm, you know, sorry to be redundant, but four different divisions. And so there's under 15 boys, under 17 boys, under 19 girls, teams, and they all compete. And then they're broken up into, into teams as well.
0: Oh, it's not like cadet, badger, wolverine, beaver, (laughs) whatever those, (laughs) whatever those
1: those groupings were. Good for you, American Rhino. Score one for the American Rhino. (laughs) Well done, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a there were about sixteen to eighteen teams all told, and on the rosters you figure there's probably about twenty twenty two players on each team. So for fourteen to come out of the same area and compete in one championship is pretty remarkable. So that's what they did. And uh, again, if, if this is relatively new for the Newfoundland kids, <laughs> they are uh, pretty scary. That if this is them just getting started, so to speak. Yeah, I guess. It's a Newfoundland sport. <laughs> yeah, but uh, again, with, with Mike Powers' article here, he goes into how popular it is and and uh, how the generation to generation are passing on the knowledge, and they're starting younger and younger, and they want to dominate even more. And it seems like they are on a great track to do so, and have an excellent head start.
0: Yeah, I mean. Uh, <laughs> developing sport sounds like the only thing they're developing up there is some kind of hustle yeah <laughs> they seem to be doing all right they seem to have figured out the game i i would say i think so maybe maybe they're developing some kind of ball hockey army with which to take over the world
1: <laughs> yes pinky yes that makes more sense
0: gee brain what you won't do tonight Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world of ball hockey!
1: (laughs) And that's what they're saying, too, because of the success of the National Junior Ball Hockey Championship players and teams. They've also competed in the Czech Republic back in 2018, a bunch of players from Labrador and, and Newfoundland. And then they say with their success, the kids watching them want to up their games, and then when the tournaments come around, you know, because usually these tournaments are every two years, every four years, or maybe even annually, then the next crop of kids takes over. Pinky, are you
0: pondering what I'm pondering? I think so,
1: Brain, but why would we want
0: to deck hockey? What'd it ever do to us? Nerf! Oh, God bless you guys. (laughs) I grew up on Pinky and the Brain. It's, it's, it's... In my brain. It's uh, it's a part of me. It's hardwired. Zort!
1: <laughs> well, maybe, it, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not too familiar with the background of the brain, but is he from uh, uh, Newfoundland? Is he, is he no. a deck hockey player? Pinky, Pinky and the brain are lab mice
0: right. that got experimented on. Yes. And brain got turned into a super
1: genius and Pinky didn't. <laughs> Well, maybe he's the, the beginning of the deck hockey Newfoundland people that need to be groomed into future brains. I don't know. Perhaps. But yes, they yeah. have, uh, you know, they, they start them now under 11 years old. So again, in the in the tournament we were talking about, it was under 15, under 17, and for the girls under 19. And now for the future generations and in their leagues, for this is all ball hockey too, by the way. This isn't ice hockey or roller hockey or anything else. Um, they're starting them off at under 11 teams and under 13-year-old teams, and they are just as popular and teaching just as many girls as well. And they're involved, and they're loving it, and they're getting better and better. So I don't know if we need to up our game here in the States or uh, in other parts of the world, but um, up there in, in northern Canada, they, they got it down pat.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, if anyone would, I would expect it would be them. So good on you. Yeah.
1: So we are going to stay in northern Canada, except we're going to go to the west coast in the Vancouver area. And this was a fascinating story that we stumbled upon. This is an article written by Dan Olson about a referee, a ball hockey referee, who's been at it since 1984 and really showing not much of a sign of slowing down. This guy has seen it all and done it all, and uh, he's... For his own sake, I, I don't. they don't say how old he is, Mr. Darsh Grewal. But um, to be refereeing ball hockey for 35 years and counting, the guy is in phenomenal shape. <laughs> so, But he's had to stay back a little bit because obviously you can't do this for a living and you can't be a professional uh, ball hockey player or referee, at least not right now. Hopefully in the near future that would change, that would be nice. But um, just all the traveling that he's done and, and all the running around that he literally needs to do because of the great refereeing job that he has done, um, he's not going to go and ref as many tournaments anymore because he's really flown all around the world uh, refereeing huge ball hockey tournaments.
0: And maybe you're going to be the one that refs me because after all, you're my dash Grey wall. Uh, apologies to, well, everyone really.
1: So yeah, Mr. Mr. Darsh Greenwald. Um, the other honor that, as, as we said at the top of the podcast too, is he is the first and only ball hockey referee to be inducted into the Canadian ball hockey hall of fame. That's how good this gentleman is. Nice. Yes. And, and another little added bonus too, is that, uh, his religion, he he's Indian, but, uh, his religion is that of uh, Sikh. And um, so he wears a turban, but the beauty of that, and and as we've said so many times about uh, hockey in general, is that it's such an inclusive, wonderful sport, and not just ball hockey, but but every form of hockey, that there was a little bit of concern that maybe him being a referee and being surrounded by mainly Caucasian players, that they'd probably start taking jabs at him with his religious beliefs and, and his courage for wearing the turban and so on and so forth but he said in all honesty in all the years that he's been doing this nobody has ever stooped to that level it's just the regular referee stuff when somebody goes to the penalty box you know he'll bang his stick and throw his glove and maybe have a little uh, hissy fit but that's it that's where it ends so really happy to see that really cool to see as well but that didn't uh stop him from refereeing to begin with so uh just really cool all the way around
0: yeah i have some questions sure and I, 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 I don't want this to come off as disrespectful. Uh, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. I guess the first one is: uh, is it hard to keep the turban on when you're running up and down the court? Uh, you know, the the deck rink, and say maybe ducking under a puck that goes shooting by. I, I would think that there would be some risk of it, you know, just coming off, because I, I assume that those things are kept on, maybe. I mean, I know they're wrapped and what have you on the, around the head, but maybe, uh, you know, held on with bobby pins or, or some such. I, I I would think it would be something that could come off with enough, you know, G-force that that the kind that you might encounter when dashing up and down a, a deck hockey surface.
1: Good point. They don't mention that in, in the article, but um, who knows if it has happened or hasn't. But that is the key there, that he has had to run back and forth, and and as Mr. Grewal has said himself, that mainly in ball hockey, it's just a two-referee system. So he's got to, and talking about kids, because he did referee, as a matter of fact, the big tournaments for the the youth that we just mentioned in in the previous point, and um, other world championships as well, which we'll get into in, in the future, but... The point is that, uh, you know, he's an adult and he has to run back and forth and keep up with these much younger, much faster athletes. And he's done so tremendously well to the fact that he's been invited to referee all of these great tournaments because he's done such an excellent job.
0: Yeah. OK, that's fair. That's uh, I mean, that, that's good information. The second question I have, and this is the one that has the most potential to get me in trouble. But again, I want to stress, I don't mean this disrespectfully. I'm genuinely curious does he wear a helmet? And if so, how would that even work? I mean, would the helmet go over the turban? Would the helmet go under the turban? Would the turban protect him in lieu of a helmet? How would that whole
1: thing work? I really, you know, I'm, as you know, and as the listener probably knows, I'm a Roman Catholic, so I don't know that much about the Sikh religion. Yeah. yeah. Besides the fact that it's from India uh, and has its I think it even predates um, Hinduism, believe it or not. But it is a monotheistic faith, which, you know, (laughs) there is just one God. So that's pretty cool. But other than that, I think that the turbans um, probably need to stay on their heads and without impediment. I don't think that they would put a helmet on instead. Again, if they were playing ice hockey, I don't know how that works. It's a different culture and different style. But at least the picture that they showed of this gentleman... He was wearing his turban and he had the referee stripes on. So I guess in ball hockey, you could probably be a lot safer than uh, in ice hockey or when you're dealing with a puck that uh, you don't need to wear a helmet. But and again, because he's in such phenomenal shape and has been able to be so agile, maybe he's always in the right place at the right time.
0: I guess it just it, it seems like a little bit of a risk to me. But, you know, if he's willing to take that risk, then, you know, that that's fine. That that's that's up to him.
1: Yeah, you gotta figure thirty-five years counting and he probably knows what's going on by now. Gotta respect that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I appreciated about this article too. It's pretty fascinating and amazing. And even the fact that there's a Canadian Ball hockey hall of fame, it's not just Yeah, hockey. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool too. So it's something to strive for and it seems like Newfoundland is gonna take it over soon.
0: Yeah, well they may have to move it.
1: Maybe. Maybe, but um but that's the funny origins of how he got involved in, uh, in, in refereeing was he had a cousin that, for whatever reason, kept begging him to ref games. And uh, why they wanted him to referee and not play is a bit of a mystery. But um, anyway, he just said, listen, after a while growing up in, uh, in Queensborough, uh, he enjoyed playing a lot of sports. And uh, he wasn't looking to be a referee by any means in, in ball hockey. And he said it just kind of happened that for whatever reason, maybe they needed a referee. And his cousin kept pleading him and probably stroking his ego. Maybe he knows that the rules are a little bit better than anybody else or the shape that he's in uh, and said, listen, maybe you could referee. And and that's how it happened. And uh, as he learned and ref games after games after games, the game itself of ball hockey was evolving too so he had to keep up with that, and as we said, ball hockey referees, it's usually just a two-man system, so you need to be uh, thick-skinned for one, and also you got to be very alert, and you have to be in great shape to be able to keep up with the plays and see all that's going on, but this is another thing I learned from this great article by Mr. Dan Olson, was there was hitting allowed in ball hockey. You weren't allowed to, to board or, you know, check or anything like that, but It was much more physical, and that officially changed around 1997. Huh, I didn't know that. Neither did I. I always thought that the benefit of ball hockey and the point of it was that uh, it's a lot safer than ice hockey or even roller hockey, where you take the hitting out of it, and the elbows and sticks down and stuff like that, it's much safer. And speaking of wearing helmets, there's a lot less possibility of uh, injury unless an accident or something like that, because once you take the hitting out of it, you know, you don't have to worry about elbows or sticks and, and as much. I guess
0: it makes sense, though, that there would be. I mean, if it is an evolution of hockey, which, you know, in ice hockey there, there's obviously hitting in most leagues in in line. There is some of that. And so it makes sense that, you know, the a slower speed and, you know, I guess less potential for injury situation like ball hockey would You know, also have that. I'm not sorry that it's being phased out of the game, but you know, I I can I can see why initially it would have been there.
1: Yes, it's very true, Um, and and the key word there is evolve. But I was still surprised to see that because I mean, you know, I'm 41 years old and been playing ball hockey since I was a little kid and street hockey and stuff. And it was always known that uh, when you're playing ball hockey, there's no hitting allowed. Most kids would abide by that, but there was always some silly kid who thought he was a little bit better than anybody else. But for the most part, that was a rule. But in 1997, apparently, it's become an official rule. So that's pretty recently, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah.
0: And speaking of violence and danger, James, one of the the most interesting and noteworthy things I find about this article and, and about this man's career is you mentioned how he has gone all over the world reffing ball hockey games. One of his destinations wound up being the Czech Republic, which we've discussed, you know, in in our hit-the-deck dealings and and whatnot when we covered various international ball hockey tournaments. And uh, one of the things that I brought up was the Czech fans and how— let's say enthusiastic <laughs> they tend to be when he refed a game in check between Czech and the slovaks mortal enemies both on the deck and you know just generally uh, he actually had to be escorted on and off the deck by armed guards I guess, uh, in case he made a controversial call, but it was like, just that I I can't imagine.
1: No, for excellent point for, for ball hockey. Okay. yes, we understand with political reasons and, uh, even just physical reasons because you're close to one another, uh, whatever. But for ball hockey, yeah, for armed guards to show up, but thank God that rewall said it was a close game. Uh, and, and and he was safe, and everybody was safe, and for the most part, uh, everything went off without a hitch. But as you see, like in some soccer tournaments and international soccer tournaments, where fans just really go out of out of control. And uh, personally, for me, when you're hearing that happen in places like Britain, you figure, oh, they're, they're so prim and proper and well behaved, and they act like freaking animals in the stands and beating each other up and burning down the arena. And, and yeah, God. We've seen so many times where the poor referee has literally had to run for his life, so Mr. Greenwald kind of found himself in that aspect, but to the credit of ball hockey and the beauty of the sport, that none of that happened. No nonsense, but I guess it's better to be safe than sorry, but having armed guards, that's pretty intimidating if you ask me.
0: Yeah, you know, so last weekend, my family and I took in a baseball game, which I think we might talk about a little, little more later. There's another teaser coming up for you there, the listener. But, um, so we were at this baseball game and my daughter who she's eight, she's going to be nine soon. She is really starting to take to baseball. I mean, you know, I for years, I've I've tried, you know, I've had it on. I've tried to teach the game to her multiple times, and she's had varying levels of interest. Most of the time, we go to a baseball game, and, and she spends a lot of it just walking around with, with her mother. But in this particular game, she's actually spent most of her time watching the game. You know, she, she was really starting to get interested, and, and that, as a baseball fan and a father— I feel like i'm I'm doing something right there it It makes me happy, but that's not specifically the thrust of the story. My point is that she's she's getting invested she's starting to get invested in these games, and there was a call made by an umpire in the game at one point that my daughter rather strenuously disagreed with, and she started making threats on the umpire's life oh. and I had to explain to her, sweetheart it's it's fine if you want to be upset with the umpire and disagree with him but it's only a game you have to let these things go like you can't you can't be doing that so i think that's something that we're gonna to have to work on but you know it it just talking about these these rabid Czech fans and 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 soccer hooligans as you were just doing uh you know that reminded me a little bit of that situation
1: well, I, I guess it was good that I wasn't there because you'd have to to scold the both of us. So I'd be mm. a terrible influence yeah. on your wonderful daughter. Wow. Well, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, perfect anecdote. But besides that, Mister uh, Greewall has gone, as we said, gone all over the world. So exactly, that that's pretty amazing to be in the middle of all that. Uh, a couple of years ago, he's gone to Germany, again, Slovakia, Austria, and. Not only just those uh, cold European countries and such, but even the beautiful islands, too. So he's been to Bermuda and uh, Turks and Caicos, I believe, and and other places like that for other tournaments. So I don't know, as as he was saying himself, that he really had to be in great shape when he's uh, doing the Bermuda tournaments, for example. Because that's talking, you're talking about uh, at least 80 degree weather, if not warmer, and humidity and so on and so forth. So when you're not inside in a nice air-conditioned or at least consistent-temperatured arena or something like that, uh, then you really have to earn your money. But that's one of the reasons why he's decided to, to, to take a step back, and now he is the referee-in-chief of the CBHA, and um, that is something that he's looking forward to do. To Speaking of the next generation, he's going to teach future referees how to maybe be as good or at least be much better referees learning from him and uh, how he knows the game so well and as he has and as he's had so much incredible experience that is unprecedented is pretty remarkable so it's all cool pretty amazing so well-earned Mr. Grewall, I, I ad- personally I admire his uh, heroicism and, and his knowledge and his love of the game of ball hockey itself. So congratulations on his well-earned induction in the Canadian ball hockey hall of fame.
0: Hey, I, I'm sorry. I wasn't really paying attention. Just then. What were you saying about Turk Wendell and Keiko
1: O'Brien? <laughs> oh, you know what? That's a good point. Thank you. Um, yeah. I was talking about the islands and stuff where, where, where he, uh, there were some tournaments that he had to referee, but did,
0: like Riza, did they take a, did they take a trip? And did he wear the bone necklace? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, and he brushed his teeth. And does Chief
1: O'Brien know? <laughs> but thank you, That that's an excellent point, which, which I forgot to mention, that speaking of players and characters, that he has reffed NHLers, future NHLers, such as Alex Burrows, Andrew Shaw, and Dino Cicerelli, to name a few, over his illustrious career, Mr. Grewal.
0: If anyone has earned Jamaharon... It is him. <clears throat> oh, good stuff, American Rhino. Don't look that up. Just, if you don't already know, don't look it up. Just trust me. Yes. But you know what? I, I will say one one last thing. I know he has had concerns about slowing down and not being able to keep up with the game anymore as he's getting older. Maybe he could uh, use one of those hoverboards. Not like the one from Back to the Future. I mean, like the one that the yuppies use now. You know, the, those little two-wheeled things that you stand on and like kind of personal segways. Although segways are already personal, but you you know what I mean. Yeah. Like uh, the things you kind of lean on and go go forward and back and uh, just maybe you can use one of those to to scoot
1: around the rink and,
0: and keep up with the action.
1: <laughs> maybe they're considering that. That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway
0: food for thought i suppose
1: but uh, i am glad uh, that the perfect segue too for getting into something that's a little silly and uh, not necessarily deck related but the topic is called decking around and uh, basically all that is is uh, we just talk about a fun topic that has to do with maybe our podcast or or something deck related in some way shape or form but um as you know we are all over the uh, internet with our various, you know, we have Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and so on and so forth. But our Twitter feed had a pretty cool little surprise during the previous week leading up to this podcast.
0: Yeah, James, you had yourself a week, didn't you?
1: The, the funny thing too, and this is all true. That, that's the beauty of it is, uh, I mean, again, just speaking for myself, and uh, I don't know about you, American Rhino, but I'd, I'd love to hear if you love Klondike's as much as I do, but that's all true. When when uh, Pete Alonso, the uh, Mets rookie sensation, just burst onto the scene, it's so hard to imagine that this kid is just a rookie. That was his real rookie season. You know, he never played major league baseball before this year, which is really that much more remarkable.
0: I uh, you know, I I did have Klondike bars on occasion growing up. They weren't like a staple in my household that I honestly I had them more at my grandmother's house, my grandparents house more than I did at home. But uh, generally when I had them, it was the kind of the crisp ones. Not just the straight up milk chocolate coated ones, but the ones that that had like the chocolate crisp coating. Oh boy! I uh, yeah. I, so those were the ones that you know when I ate them, I generally ate not not that I have anything against a regular Klondike bar. Your you know your bog standard issue Klondike bar. I don't have anything against that. Just that's not what I was typically eating
1: when I ate them. I'm with you, man. Uh, they're one of my all time favorites. The the crunch ones. Oh boy. I could scoff those down really like two-fisted. It's kind of disgusting. But anyway. So I, I guess the answer to
0: the question to James of what would you do for a Klondike bar is you really don't want to know. Exactly.
1: That's true. <laughs> the end result is really quite disgusting. So I turn it to of the Hutt. But, uh, and I don't apologize about it either, quite frankly. But uh, if you're not familiar, funny thing about the connection here is that uh, Mets teammate, which we did talk about, too, in the past for the uh, Home Run Derby, for the Major League Baseball Home Run Derby, the All-Star Game, is that uh, Mets teammate Todd Frazier dubbed Pete Alonzo the Polar Bear. And that's where the connection with Klondike Bar comes in, because their logo has a Polar Bear in it. So, you know, I do my own food shopping and so on and so forth, and uh, I can buy what I want now. I don't have to worry about... uh, eating healthy or whatever and um james is a big boy that's right so if i just want to eat klondike's for dinner i can forget about the health issues or whatever the case is but uh so i was like gosh i haven't had a klondike in a while and uh so the the the, uh, the pete Alonso nickname inspired me to to start eating klondike bars again and so i enjoyed that during the summer watching pete Alonso hit 53 home runs and just not only rewrite the record books for himself but he's completely rewritten the Mets record book too for most home runs period as any player let alone a, a, a rookie he set now the the rookie record for most home runs in a season then uh, extra base hits and and his defense is, is, has gotten so much better and, and he's saved so many errors because he's such a great first baseman with stretching he even did that in the all-star game as a matter of fact so all that coming out and Watching the game and eating the Klondike and, and having fun. So after he set the record, Mister American Rhino, I think you were there for it, weren't you?
0: For 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 the record of the Klondike bars. For the record. Okay. Well, for the record, I was there for the setting of the record. Yes, uh, that that was the aforementioned game that I attended with my family and my angry daughter. We, I, you know, I was. We were sitting there and I was explaining to her as he came up for that at bat, I was explaining to her if he had, you know, if he hit a home run, he would become the all time rookie home run, you know, leader. Uh, He would have the record for the most home runs hit by a rookie in the major leagues in major league history. And, you know, it was there was a scary moment actually during that at bat because it looked like he fouled a ball off of his leg or his foot or uh, or something early in the at bat. I couldn't quite tell because we were all the way in the bleachers like opposite home plate. So basically he hit he hit the ball on one side of the apple and we were sitting on the other side of the apple. So yeah, just kind of you know, for from for perspective, if you're a Met fan, you know what that means. If you're not there's a big apple out in center field that goes up and down when the Mets hit home runs and there are some seating sections on either side of it. So, anyway, not important. So, yeah, he he got up. She said, "Is he going to hit the home run now?" I said, "I don't know. I hope so." <laughs> and lo and behold, he socked that thing over the wall and I I I picked her up and I put her on my shoulder and we were high-fiving people and it, oh, it was a celebration. It was a it was a wonderful moment to behold. It was actually <laughs> If I can brag about my daughter a little bit, please. Um, just as a sidebar, as a as a side <laughs> Klondike bar, uh, it's it's the second time in a row, second time in consecutive years that my daughter has danced on the field at City Field before a game with historical significance to the Mets. So she she did. It was it was cheer and dance night. And her dance school, along with many, many other dance schools and cheerleading squads, did a pregame dance on the field to uh, with the Jets flight crew, uh, which are basically the Jets cheerleaders to some, you know, choreographed medley or or, uh, mashup. I think they're called now. And, uh, you know, it was great. That, That was that was a thrill. Last year on the day that she danced, it was David Wright's last game, the last game he ever played. And so that was that was quite an experience that night. And this year wound up being the night that Pete Alonso, you know, hit his his record-setting home run. So, yeah, my daughter brings good luck. And she actually says she thinks she saw him in the tunnel before the game as she was preparing to go out on the field to dance. Now, I don't know if that is true. Take that with a shaker
1: of salt, but that's what she claims. That's awesome. And it can happen to Better people, and that's Pete Alonso and your family included. That's pretty remarkable and awesome. And that's, I'm so happy that you guys were there for such an amazing moment, too. So, really, really yeah, it really comes full circle and was beautiful. But uh, the whole season was fun. Yeah, okay, maybe the Mets didn't make the playoffs, but all in all, if they had any kind of bullpen, but you know, there's a deck hockey podcast, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah move on. Anyway, after all it was all said and done, and the season was over, and uh, we could all. Breathe a sigh of relief. I still had a couple of Klondikes left from the two <laughs> six packs that I bought uh, that my most recent trip to the supermarket, and uh, so I'm just enjoying it and thinking maybe I'll text it out this time because the American Rhino and I we do put our heart and soul into this podcast, and especially with uh, the tape deck premiering, we were kind of really going full tilt on the uh, the promotion and stuff, which is really we don't do too much of that. We try and respectfully. Say, hey, you know, if you want to listen, please do. But maybe wanted to be a little bit more aggressive this time because there's a lot of noise out there. Anyway, eating the Klondike and enjoying it and figured, let me go text this out. Not expecting to hear anything from anybody or at least maybe just letting Klondike know that, hey, this is cool. You're a great company. We love your product. And being a diehard Met fan, it just would make sense. To their credit, Klondike responded to our text, which was so uh, thrilling. Tweet tweet excuse me to to our to our tweet thank you do, do have to what you that was out?
0: that what was that initial tweet James
1: it was something along the lines of what we just said before that um watching the great Pete Alonzo on his incredible rookie season helped rekindle our love of Klondike bars and then with the polar bear and all that and thank Todd Frazier as well for giving Pete Alonzo the nickname so they like that and and they and like- and you
0: you tagged Pete Alonzo, Todd Frazier, and Klondike in the tweet.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you. So that was really cool that Klondike actually responded and, and, and issued a challenge, too, which was an excellent question, something that I was not expecting or thinking or anything like that. But they asked really cleverly and well done on their part if Gary and I ate a Klondike for each home run. That Mr. Alonzo hit, I did not say that there was two of us, by the way, I have to make that clear, so next time if first <laughs> Um uh, so I'm a tremendous glutton, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which really puts into perspective fifty three home runs and, and fifty three Klondike bars that stuff uh, hey man you
0: you gotta sometimes you gotta make a sacrifice for the game, oh well, you gotta just bear down, see what I did there. <laughs> nice gotta bear down and and dig deep and just get it done.
1: Yeah, and God bless Klondike for having so many different great flavors, too, like Oreo and mint chocolate chip, of course, the regular version, and and as Gary was saying, uh, which I love, the crunch version, and so on and so forth, so that that makes it a little bit easier, but um, definitely not the worst challenge in the world (laughs) to do, but um, by my count, we've downed, between Gary and I, we've downed about 24 or something, or thereabouts, so I think we, we're 29 shy of uh, 53, so we got our work cut out for us. Well, I assume that
0: means you've downed 24, because I haven't had any, so <laughs> yeah. I guess I have to start picking up the slack. I don't mind. <laughs> that's quite all right. I'll take this. That's uh, that's, that's uh four four six six-packs, right? It, yeah. All right. Yeah. So. But just sidebar, Side Klondike bar. When when most people say I'm gonna, you know, I finished off a six pack this weekend. Yep. <laughs> that's not what they mean. And
1: shame on them, because a six pack of Klondike's is just like a serving, you know? So um issue challenged, issue uh Choo, choo, chew, choo, choo, chew, choo, 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 choo. Yeah Exactly. So the challenge is accepted and um Another cool, 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 extremely cool thing was, as, as the American Rhino mentioned, that uh, Pete Alonzo Klondike and, and um, Todd Frazier were included in, that, uh, in, in those tweets, that Alonzo himself responded, and he did say that he has had a few celebratory Klondikes in his 53 home run pace. So that was pretty amazing to see that as well.
0: So between us and Pete Alonzo, that brings that total up a little bit. <laughs> But that's okay. I don't want to cheat. Right. okay.
1: Got to be honest here. You know, Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) the other thing uh, this is kind of apropos of nothing. But the other thing that my daughter has kind of become obsessed with of late is Gatorade baths. Ah. She doesn't understand them.
1: That's another bonus.
0: uh, yeah, they uh, on the last the last Mets game of the season, we were watching on TV and they kind of showed a, a highlight package Uh, A retrospective of the the various Gatorade baths that were experienced by Mets, uh, you know, after after big moments to win the game. And uh, it seems like a lot of them featured people tearing off jerseys and specifically Pete Alonso's jersey and dumping the Gatorade on their bare torso. And she was specifically confused by that.
1: Well, I think, as a matter of fact, Pete Alonso started that because, uh, at least in my memory, there was a Friday night game. It was a big series against the uh, Washington Nationals, so Mets Nationals. And in baseball, this is a rivalry game for the two teams. And they were losing going into the ninth inning, and then they won the game in extremely exciting fashion. And Michael Conforto, I believe, hit a game-winning double or something like that. It was really exciting. The, The Mets were home. It was a walk-off victory, and so to celebrate, yeah, Pete Alonso came out ripped off, literally ripped the jersey off of Comforto. So then that became a new tradition. So not only do you get the Gatorade bath or um, getting the uh, seeds thrown in your face and stuff, but now you had to have your jersey ripped off, too. I mean, he is a
0: polar bear. They, <laughs> right. they are
1: strong creatures. They are indeed.
0: But I have the, you know, my my reaction to seeing that montage was they cost the Mets organization an
1: awful lot of money in jerseys. Well, in fairness, the Mets cost uh, themselves an awful lot of wins in a lack of a bullpen. So there you go.
0: See, my counter to that, what I just said would, would have been, yes, but I'm sure Pete Alonso's home run heroics this season made them a lot of money in both jersey sales and ticket sales. So... I would say it, it. It more than made up for it.
1: Yes, exactly right.
0: So I'm arguing both sides of that coin. You'd make for a great politician. Don't say that.
1: What did I, I ever poli- do to you? I'm How sorry. dare you? I'm sorry. No Klondike's for me.
0: I thought we were friends. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, so so that's. But it doesn't end there, right, James? There's more. Yeah. Well, there, there is because just uh, I think just today or or possibly yesterday, Klondike responded to to pete alonzo by saying that they in fact in in honor of his accomplishments they they kind of i don't i assume this is just a mock-up for the tweet but they put together a custom klondike rapper featuring pete alonzo on it and and his his home run accomplishment oh. c- celebrating that whole deal
1: oh cool how did i miss that
0: i thought you responded to it didn't you write like nice or something. I don't remember. Yes, yes. It says uh, Klondike says, we made you one to celebrate the season. You're definitely our MVP, most valuable polar bear. And then it's uh, there's a picture of a Klondike bar, and it's got like Pete Alonzo holding an American flag, and it says Klondike, and underneath it says Polar
1: Bear Pete. They better make those in production, and then I'll gladly eat 53 of those. <laughs> yes, excellent. <laughs> I will save every the gauntlet, rapper.
0: The gauntlet has been thrown down. Awesome. Oh, and, and good humor liked the tweet. <laughs> oh, wow. Now, I want to know, where has Todd Frazier been in all of this?
1: Good question. <laughs> he has remained curiously silent on the matter. I know he's a family man, so maybe he's uh, hanging out with his family to relax after a long, hard season. But uh, and I Yeah, do hope- probably. I do hope that they resign him too, but that's very true. I, I could just picture him <laughs> with that that sly look on his face and just kind of rubbing his hands together <laughs> like an evil genius. Oh, uh, Mets Nation followed us. Yes, I I saw that. I don't know how how could I possibly miss the most important tweet?
0: It was. It appears it was five hours ago, so it was just this afternoon. Okay. Or evening.
1: Sorry, I was busy <sighs> preparing for a podcast.
0: Yeah, how dare you be professional, James? You should spend more time on Twitter. That's what everybody always says. If you want to be a productive member of society, spend more time on Twitter. Yes. Well done, James. But on the whole, well done. And
1: you too. Thank you.
0: So, uh, okay. I I guess there's really only one thing left to do on this podcast before we wrap it up. It's something we haven't done in a while. Something we're long overdue for and something that deserves our attention and yours. It is of course our favorite long running recurring segment this week in gritty. This week. In gritty. And so gritty, we haven't talked about him in a while, as I said, but you know, hockey's back and that means gritty's back too. So buckle in. That's not really, is it? That's, is that a thing people say? Buckle in? I mean, buckle up, obviously settle in um buckle down uh buckle in is that is that a thing i don't know let's pretend it is yeah we don't have time Uh, we don't have time carrying on okay so uh this wasn't technically this week but we were off last week the real big news that we missed when we were off is uh it was gritty's birthday we didn't miss it because james tweeted about it but gritty's one years old (laughs) i mean According to his lore, he lurked in the bowels of the Wells Fargo Center when he was awoken last year. So technically, he's probably more than one year old. But for all intents and purposes, as a mascot, he is one year old. He am become one. Yeah, I don't get that at all. And uh, he celebrated his birthday, James, very publicly. He He declared it National Gritty Day and he sent out. Everybody uh demand to be lauded and lavished in gifts and an address where they could send their gifts. And uh he he also sent out a list of things that he already has and shouldn't be given.
1: Oh,
0: no. So if you're thinking of gifting gritty, then you should consult that list lest you insult the beast. <laughs> he also celebrated by releasing a brand new single, <laughs> too what? legit to grit. Oh, I mean, I I doubt that he actually sang it because he doesn't sing, but uh, the the artist was credited as MC Gritty. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we have a Milli Vanilli situation here, but, uh, you know, that that's, that's yeah. He, he is in fact too legit to grit. And, uh, I guess finally in this week in Gritty, this was this week Gritty. uh, Oh boy so for gritty's birthday the flyers got the world an international incident because the flyers are opening their season in well, we have just talking about before in czech in the czech republic against the chicago blackhawks and before they open up their season they decided to close out their preseason in switzerland and they brought their favorite orange terror <laughs> along for the ride so so gritty spent the week tweeting about his various exploits in switzerland i i saw these you know these pictures and i saw what it looked like gritty in lederhosen or something <laughs> something akin to that uh, i think lederhosen is german but you know i don't know i guess it's the same general area so whatever i'm not a international fashion expert but yeah gritty was dressed like uh you know swiss miss and he was he was just you know taking selfies and and pictures and and frolicking about switzerland so on behalf of america i'm sorry but james you know switzerland got a measure of revenge for inflicting gritty upon them because in their final preseason game the flyers played and I'm going to mispronounce this, Lausanne HC, which I guess is a, a, a Swiss hockey club of some sort, and the Flyers lost 4-3. to three. Ooh. So, you know, in their, in their final preseason match, they
1: got beat by random
0: European hockey team.
1: You don't think that uh, King Henry had something to do with that, do you?
0: I mean, it's not. I doubt it, but, you know, who knows? I imagine he's been here in America tuning up for the Rangers season. Well, that's true, yeah. You know, he has family, although they're in Sweden. So, I mean, I don't know how close Sweden is to Switzerland. Except alphabetically, obviously.
1: <laughs> ja, from Sweden.
0: Easter Jay and Orange Monster. the er, gritty, 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 gritty. More.
1: <laughs> oh, that would have been epic. <laughs> Meet the stealing and the eating of the babies. <laughs> yeah, the Swedish Chef could definitely. I think he could take Gritty. Yeah, I think he could. Especially flailing his hands and and Lord knows what he could throw. I mean, he's pretty quick. I I've seen him wave those cleavers around. I
0: wouldn't mess with him. That's <laughs> true. Uh so anyway, I guess he moves on to check, and you know, in light of the discussion we had earlier, and previous discussions we've had on the podcast i'm kind of inclined to say they get what they deserve i feel much less sympathetic towards them but but i i i guess uh i guess that will be something to look forward to for for uh our next episode of hit the deck but for now that has been this week in gritty this week <laughs> in gritty. and that's gonna do it for another episode of hit the deck so uh you know I guess let's take this thing home, James. Thank you American Rhino. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Okay, so let's let's land this plane. So, as always, we would like to thank you for listening to another episode of Hit the Deck, another another hour or so of our nonsense you've, you've you've stuck with us and we appreciate that immensely we would uh, like to thank anthony sejazi for providing us with music and um, uh, one last time thank you to everybody who joined us for tape deck this past week if you didn't check it out check it out please we think you'll be glad you did and if you'd like to contact us in some way you can uh, let us know what games you'd like to see get the future tape deck treatment you can email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com deck is spelled d-e-k hitthedeck at gmail.com you can tweet at us uh, if you're klondike or pete Alonzo or anyone else who is not either of those two entities? You can tweet at us at Hit the Deck Pod. We are Hit the Deck on Facebook and Instagram, and our YouTube channel is Hit the Deck Podcast. So find us there, and while you're finding us there, subscribe to us on YouTube for future editions of video content, and uh, subscribe to this podcast, please. Wherever you normally get your podcasts, make sure you're subscribed to Hit the Deck because we want you to be able to get it every week when it drops and not have to worry about going to find it. So subscribe there, and if you're feeling saucy, leave us a review somewhere and and tell everybody how great we are. And so I I think that's going to do it for me. James, is there anything else you'd like to contribute at the end of the podcast?
1: Yes, thank you. Sure. Looking for places to play deck? Please check out the Columbus Deck Hockey Association, the Charlotte Street Hockey League, the Raleigh Street Hockey League, the VAR Hockey League, the dcsh dchl and deck superstars and also don't forget to donate to lagrange hockey and check out m power play and thanks for listening thank you james thank you sir and we will thank you dear
0: listener as always here at the end of the podcast to kindly remember that whether you are a youngster growing the game or a deck legend who's truly earned his stripes Whether you are a big chocolate bear or a big orange monster, regardless of what you find yourself being or doing, we would always encourage you to remember it's Deck Hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. It was a rocky finish, but I think we got there. Rocky, 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 Rocky. This podcast goes out to the millions and millions Of non-existent hit-the-deck fans. (laughs) We'll hit that mountaintop someday. I hope it's sooner than later. You gotta believe.